Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Testing. Yo, yo, ma, and welcome to the Pack Show, proudly brought to you by Pig Athletic Club and Double Take Sports, the show that brings you all the highlights, the lowlights, the reviews, the previews, the news, and the interviews from rugby here in Australia and around the world. My name's Jay Bourne. Joining me tonight, as per usual, we have Doss and we have Dallin, but tonight, still no big fat Doss, but we do have the kill switch himself, Ryan Fellini, joined by none other than Will Chambers. Yeah, yes. Willie. Thanks for joining us, Will. How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, lads. You pumped? Oh, a bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be. No, 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 you're all right. <laughs> no, mate, we, uh, we aren't very professional here, man, so you can do whatever you want, man. He's probably not as nervous as Freeney, though, when the question time comes up. Why? Because you are shit the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who we going on? Chambers. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're fine, mate. I gotta keep it calm for him. He's nervous. <laughs> yeah, you're not comments how uncomfortable the seat is. I'm like, mate, every week I've been <laughs> battler's bench. Yeah, that's what it's for, man. It is the battler's bench for a reason. But um, we've got a huge night um lined up this evening. We've obviously got uh, Chambers is joining us, but we've got the uh, the wrap up from the Shoot Shield Grand Final. Sydney Uni coming away with the dub there. <laughs> Doss, you're pumped about that one. We saw some huge results in uh, the Hospital Cup as well. Up the doggies, hence the coarse voice from me. Um, there was a few things went down with the Wallabies. We won't delve too much into that, but well, there's a few other things we want to delve into um, as well. But first off the bat, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Dow, we saw on the weekend, Sydney Uni, their 33rd Shoot Shield Championship Getting up, it was a late try to, uh, who was it? Mitch Ryan, the reserve prop that jagged the win. Gordon were bloody good considering. They were very good. It was, what, 19 all basically up until the last, you know. Five, 76 minutes. Yeah, or so. five minutes. I still think it was probably their best game of the year for Sydney Uni from an attack perspective. Yep. They haven't scored a lot of points this year. But, you know, Gordon, as they've done all year, they just kept coming and coming and coming. Mahe Vailatnu was exceptional. But I think they just dug deep. I think... Patrick O'Doherty, was he the reserve hooker who came on? Mm. He just lost the you know reserve grade grand final, comes on and absolutely has a barnstormer at two, like there as well. Like they were just sensational. Yeah, Hancock picking up that big try there. But it was the the uni big men were yeah. awesome. Awesome. Like they were just so strong. But I, I can't get over Gordon. Doss, we were talking about it. They were playing literal knockout footy for the better part of two months, and it came down to the final four minutes. Like they would be looking at this season as, granted, they didn't come away with the championship, but they will be hanging their heads high. Oh, 100%. I mean, they were the form team coming in. They won, what, eight or nine on the trot? On the trot, yeah. Leading into the grand final. So, I mean, there's an argument there. They probably just ran out of a bit of steam having well, a grand final every week for the last eight weeks. Coming in from seventh on the ladder, too. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, in a grand final class really comes out and you know a team like Sydney Uni who have probably struggled this year more than um, more than others in recent times in terms of being that consistent dominant team throughout the whole year and then how's you know, this for not blowing that penalty there that Me was down. an absolute 
Oh, that was a penalty every day of the week. That's very, uh, that was 100% a penalty. 100% a penalty, oh. and you would have thought Gordon would have been able to put that in the corner and really put some pressure on. But credit to Sydney Uni. I mean, as I said, 33rd shoot shield. Uh, like, I know I was about to say we like to. I know I like to hang a bit of shit on them, but, I mean, you can't go past... Just the history they've got. Do they, do they like, um, huge? Do they play? So I didn't. I didn't really watch them too well, much this year. But do they have a similar sort of uh, style of play of the uni up here? Are they quite a fast, sort of skillful team. Their forward pack is a lot more dominant than yeah. UQ. Yep. Like their forward pack is incredibly aggressive and well drilled. Hmm. So well drilled. So I mean, credit to them. A hell of a season and shoot shield. I mean. All sides were pretty much vying for finals mm. up until the final month or so. So it, it was absolutely massive. We were actually trying to get Jack McCallman on the blower. I uh, gave him a call and Still sent him a text face. message. Got nothing. Yeah. I'm, um, I've actually been totally sold on Shoot Shield by the end of this year. Hey! And then, and then especially the Mad Monday, a um, few of the um, snaps coming through from our mate David um, at uh, Ramwick. They at did the Wicks. A, yeah, they did the um, Moses... Moses theme and everyone was dressing up as animals. He was Moses and and they were, had a a boat <laughs> picking people up from different. Right? It was it was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I saw that on the socials <laughs> where it just flicks to him and he's got the grey hair. Yeah. Oh, looks good, man. Oh, looks good. So good. Um, all right, let's get straight into the uh, the pro arena. Then the Wallabies got absolutely pumped by the box on the weekend. Dos, you're shaking the head there, mate. What are your thoughts on this uh, Springboks twenty four? Wallabies eight. Oh man, just disappointing. Hey, like uh, the Wallabies' inconsistency is the most frustrating thing for me. Um, you know, they're a team. The week before, it's like you know they've turned the corner. They pick a unchanged lineup, and then for the same guys to go out and deliver a performance like that, you know, I'm not too sure what you put it down to, but yeah, man, disappointing. I mean, the Springboks did play a hell of a lot better. They, they were ferocious. Blood. They yeah. wanted blood. Yeah, mate. they were ferocious, mate. Evan Etzebeth, when he was going toe-to-toe with Alan Alalatoa, he looked like a lunatic. It's pretty scary, hey? Even from the mate, living room. Mate, I would have shit myself, <laughs> man. Mate, I would have been lucky Alan, to have bones if half Alan was one, holding, like, he was restraining he himself very well. He was ready to cock well, one yeah. back and drill him, eh? Stronger man than I would have been, but bloody hell, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Doesn't help losing Noah and Hunter early on and, and Nella pinging his calf in that in the warm-up, but Dow, we, we were massively outclassed. Yeah, I think it wasn't, you know, it was expected for those guys to come back and, and play like they played. I think players like Willie LaRue make a real difference mm. to the squad. Good was mm. he, good was he, I don't understand why he's not picked every week, but... I don't know. We talk about the inconsistencies. There's some key moments in that game where I think Australia just chose poor options. Yeah. You know what I mean? They put themselves under pressure. When you do that at an international level, it just it hurts you. And mm-hmm. there was a key moment where we did that, and then they scored, and it just changed the trajectory of the game. So it's hard to watch, but you know, I think if we look across the ditch, you know, we're experiencing similar things across there. And I think it's a credit to the rest of the world Correct. and how far they've come in regards yep. to international footy. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Will, because obviously you, in your rugby league career, I was talking to Zach before beforehand with the Melbourne Storm. They've won their first round of the season for the last 21 years consecutively. They are a team that is always ready to go and have this cohesion. And we and Dots just alluded to it then in regards to the inconsistency. Three times this year against England, Argentina, and now um, who we playing the week? <laughs> Springboks. We've had a good win and then a bad loss. In regards to consistency, what are, like what is it that makes it so difficult sometimes to have such consistency? But for other teams, as we were saying, just like the Melbourne Storm, the consistency is just bred into them. Like, 
Uh, I think with that, <coughs> sorry, uh, we at Melbourne, it was all about that's what you trained the whole preseason for was round one. And no matter how hard it was, we always knew we'd be right for round one. You look at the Wallabies now and you think, well, we've got a tournament in 12 months' time, like the biggest tournament of all of their lives. You have one bad slip up, you make it like a hell of a lot harder for yourself. Mm. And those, uh, I guess, we'd win as soon as we'd won a game. The moment you take your jersey off, you're on to the next week and preparing the best you can for the next week. And in the NRL, you've got to do it for what, 24 rounds or whatever. Mm. You throw a few origins in there. And it's about doing things consistently well each week. You'll get the same outcome. If you don't, your best performance is here. Your worst performance is going to be there. Like, it, there's no big gap. And that's what you're seeing in the Wallabies at the moment. You're seeing a lot of young kids with their consistency levels all over the place. It'd be interesting to see what their preparation is when they've been flogged to when, what their preparation is when they win. Do you know what mm. I mean? And that's the big thing. That's the most important thing. And I know like when I was younger and I come through at Melbourne, that was the biggest thing that Craig drilled into the young kids was if you prepare well every week, your performance will take care of itself. But so long as you're preparing well. And that, for me, and that's why I probably left the game when I did was because it takes a toll on your family life. And like, yeah. and I'm preparing for three or four days for a game of footy for 80 minutes. But my wife, my kids had to sacrifice for me. And that's where I sort of went... In the end, I went, oh, well, I've got to like move away and move on to the next stage of my life. Yeah. But that's the big thing with it. And I, I always say it's preparation. Like, if your preparation is perfect, everything else will take care of itself. Mm. And it's something that, like, you have a look at someone like Marika. Marika has been in a system like that. And funny enough, his footy is pretty consistent, isn't it? Yeah. Because he's been through a system where he's played 24 rounds where it's so important that your preparation is well every week. And it's always the same. And... Like, yeah, I just think that that's the, big, that's the key thing is your, your preparation. I know that Dave Rennie would be doing it with them. Yeah. If you look at the All Blacks across the ditch, they're going through a phase where they're getting young people back into that squad now that aren't used to the expectation and pressure of it all. And their preparation's probably just slipping up a bit and they're getting those same sort of performances. And it is a different arena, though, because as you were saying, you know, at the Melbourne Storm, you play 24 rounds and then finals, right? You're all together for the better part pretty much the entire 12 months bar a little bit of time off during the end of the season and the start of the pre-season, whereas, like, Super Rugby is, what, anywhere from, say, 13 to 15, 16 games with your club, and then Wallabies is the same. So you're almost in two different environments mm. coming together and then you're sort of expediting a process of trying to get cohesion when Super Rugby finishes straight into a Wallaby camp two weeks out from playing the Springboks and then the All Blacks and the RGs who all play different brands of footy, and you're also not maybe singing from the same song sheet as yeah. everyone in your team? But you have a look at the Crusaders, for example. They start every season slow because their All Blacks boys come back later. But once they all get into that same rhythm and same pattern, their performances become pretty consistent. And yeah. that's a big thing. Like, I know the Wallabies are in camp and they're sort of ch uh, changing sides here and there. But if they could sort of keep that consistent uh, team together, well, they could be anything. You yeah. know what I mean? You've seen last week <coughs> what they can do. It's just a matter of them being able to prepare the way they did last week They'll get the same performance. Oh man, hope so. Because man, oh no, that game on Saturday really chafed my butt. There's a couple of little, there's a couple of little things too. Just like a like set piece and stuff like that. Like mm. I don't know, I don't want to be too hard on them or anything like that. But like just little things like missing line out throws and stuff like that. Like if that's like, that's your the job, you know what I mean? Like the set piece is so crucial. I mean, there's going to be mistakes here and there, but there was a fair few. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know, just that sort of level you can't really afford to 
miss those no. opportunities. Hey, like it, it makes such a big difference and puts so much more pressure on you. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know, I'm, man. I, I do, do you they, think they'll lose? Do you think they're missing uh, Michael Hooper's leadership? Like in, in the in the key moments, in the big moments, do you think they're missing his leadership in and around the ruck, in and around talking? Yeah, he's referees? everywhere. Hey? Exactly. Like that's that's another key thing, and I know it's only a little thing, but leadership in big games and oh, in vital yeah. moments are the most <clears throat> important things. And like he was a guy that would say, "Come on, guys, follow me and take the game yeah, by the scruff of the neck." Absolutely. You know what I mean? So that, I just yeah. think that's another thing. Yeah, like, there's right. so many little things that once they get it right, they could be anything. The Australian yeah. side. And do you not think that maybe? Uh, Dave Rennie would have loved to have had James O'Connor on the bench on the weekend hey, just gone. Yeah. I reckon he, oh, Hager was he on the weekend he absolutely chopped up. <laughs> For brothers. My opinion. Yeah. For brothers, not Wallabies, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Man. But that's it, <laughs> I right? That, but still. <laughs> so, yeah. Put him on next week, At mate. least he's gone back and kicking <laughs> yeah. ass. Yeah, exactly right. He's not coming back. and Mate, he was insane. He was he everywhere. Was. He I was. Like, was. I, was like, I just saw him like, running each side of the ruck. I'm like... Oh, mate, a couple of try savers in the back pocket too. Mate, Freddie Burke, man, poor bastard. <laughs> Two times, nearly scored he a match winner. Time, he was awesome, and then twice. That one looked like he was running in fucking quicksand, eh? <laughs> um, all right, the All Blacks. Mate, they absolutely dismantled the Archies. They smashed it from pillar to post, left, right, and centre. 53 points to three. Friends, what do you make of this one, mate? I don't know. I copped a lot of flack. <laughs> <laughs> I copped a lot of flack in the old DMs. Like, Johnny, quick, seriously, get on the memes, mate. We're going to be fucking... Anyway, no, I deserved it. Um, mate, yeah, just... They, if they lost that game, it would have been a civil war, 100%. Mm. It would have been it would have been a civil war. And, um, yeah, but New, been New Zealand Rugby Union would have been burnt to the ground. It would have been four on the trot in New Zealand, I think. Yeah, so... Um, um, but, yeah, I liked... Uh, Obviously, Dan Cole's gone under Matero's skin because uh, Matero refused to shake his hand at the end. <laughs> anyway. No, but uh, it, it's funny one, though, Dow, because, like, so much of the pressure has been on players like Sam Kane, Rico Iwane, stuff like that. And How good was it? They were two of the best on the yeah. weekend. So it, it's testament to the class of the All Blacks that they can do what they've shown. But, I don't know, like... This was the exact game they needed. Yeah, massively. I think they all stepped up. I think we all know what they can do. But from a mental perspective, they looked exactly the same as the Springboks. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like they were ready to tear them apart and they came out and they just, they just did it. So. Their game plan was a hell of a lot better too. Mm. Just, it was more aerial-based, field position, and then capitalised. I think three handling errors for the entire game. It's massive. That's ridiculous, hey? Mm. In, and it was raining <laughs> yeah. in Hamilton. Yeah. Three handling Freezing errors. Freezing cold. <sighs> Three handling errors. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they looked like they were Admission. back to the All Blacks of the <laughs> old. Um, yep. I loved I loved Aaron Smith and Richie Mwanga. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. I look, and Bowden Barrett, he's class, man. But I don't know. I think All Blacks with Richie at 10, they just, they seem like a different proposition. Um, I think his decision-making um, in different parts of the game really helped them on the weekend and you know mate from the very first whistle they just came out with a team with you know they knew what they had to do they came out real intent and yeah um, unfortunately the argentinians were on the um other side of that yeah they got pears armed absolutely smoked um now in regards to we we saw last week Dale, I, I know you've probably got a bit more knowledge in regards to this as well but the challenger series being played later on this season can you fill us in as to the particulars of it 
Yeah, so basically they're picking a, a red squad, so anyone who's left not in Wallabies or uh, Australia A commitments, whoever's left, and then they'll bring a few into that squad. And then in the Premier side, it's anyone who's uncontracted. It's almost like they did a couple of years ago with the Ballymore kid, right? They're trying to find and unearth a bit of talent that they've got a few spots left on their roster, might not necessarily, you know what I mean, fill those, but, you know what I mean, they're looking for people to go away um, on tour with them. And so that's what they're looking at. To play the Wild Nights. The Wild Nights in Japan on tour. Um, but it's, I think it's just another way that they're trying to play that, that second level or that, or that level up from, you know, Queensland Premier Rugby. Obviously, you've got Australia, right? But it's got to be that, you know what I mean, intermediary in between. Love that they're going on tour too. Yeah. Oh, it's massive. And that'll be consistent over the next couple of years. Good stuff. You know what I mean, they're going to do that more and more and more. And that's the way I think Queensland Rugby is going to try and, you know, fill that space, which I think it's great because you're going to get a lot of Premier Rugby guys and Academy guys getting opportunities to tour. Which I think, you know what I mean? Some of them might even become capped, yeah. which I think is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Well, go on. Mate, it's brilliant. I remember um, 2008, we went on a Reds development tour to Ireland in France. We played, mate, we played Munster, Connacht. Um, who's the other? Leinster. Leinster. Um, and then Ulster, those four. And then went to play um, Nice in the south of France. Um, <laughs> Tough gig. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Development tour. But it was the same. And there were, and, and there were guys like um, Jimmy Harvey, Ben Gollings. Um, James Harvey, mate. He was so good back in the day. He was good. And he, he was, was unreal good. back in the day. Um, a couple of guys in the forward, so I probably I don't know. Sean, <laughs> Sean, um, Sean, Sean Simonek. Uh, yeah, the Sunshine Simonek. Coast guy. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it was sort of similar. I remember after that, like there was just so much chat about how successful it was and how much of a good time everyone had. And, um, you know, and then that flowed into the following, the following few seasons. A couple of guys got exposure to professional rugby. I mean, mate, the Leinster team we played was Brian O'Driscoll, Johnny Sexton, Eastern Athiwa. Um, you know, it was their top flight team. And just getting that experience for, like, for a young group um, like we had... So Man, it's going to be great. So, you know, the guys who play in that premier team, hopefully good enough to get picked in this Reds team, it's going to be an unreal experience. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it being an annual thing. Bloody oath. I think the more time, it, it bridges that gap and it gives the opportunity for players that do come out of Super Rugby to have some shared experience with some Reds players before they sort of just get parachuted in, if heaven forbid, you know, like, like what happened with Matty Fesler, a few injuries here yeah. and there, and he's mm. plucked from club rugby yeah. to... You know, to playing for the Reds, and luckily he obviously had played a lot of footy with guys like Harry Hooper and Ryan Smith and Harry Wilson, so he sort of had that connection already. But it just helps that transition. Now we actually went through the effort of picking what we think is, uh, I guess, the pack QPR team <laughs> that could take on the Reds, and we picked it almost on who we think is not only got the potential to go on to higher honours, but also a team that could actually beat. Um, the, the Queensland Reds later this season. So, it's, it's I mean, Dow, fun. run through it for us, mate. <laughs> Obviously, got I him. just can't see it. Imossi <laughs> <laughs> Takiri at one. Um, he's been immense this year for GPS. Obviously, coming out the back of a, a Melbourne Rebels program. Ethan Dobbins, he's been sensational. He started on the weekend and I believe, you know, outclassed Jordan Ulysses, you know what I mean? 100%. They have to start him in in the grand final. 100%. Reece Sheriff, you know, just fell on the doorstep of Bond University and by far has been the standout tight head in the competition. he's just got a good props rig. And he just loves it, right? Big seat. Just (laughs) scaps on. Yeah. (laughs) Just thicker than a bowl of oatmeal and just loves getting stuck in. 
Angelo Smith, I don't know, like, you'd be able to tell me more, but I don't know how long he's been out west, but he's been the find of the year for me. Chips Blanche just says he's been phenomenal. Like, he, LV came in and, as he's wont to do, has a few hard words and was more about, not necessarily, a, like, ragging on him, but more about, like, tough conversations about, like, these are the things you need to do in your game. Mm. We can get there if you listen to it. And he's done it, and now he's been... For not, like, he's in a team with guys like Keenan Toakapulu, Lepeti Faifua, sort of nipping at his heels, and he's been the standout second rower. Yeah, absolutely. Massively. He scored two tries on the weekend in a major semi-final. Yeah. Huge. Zach Shepard, big inclusion there from East, obviously coming back from Sydney Ramwick last year. He's just a workhorse. Just get through a mountain of work. The back row, I think probably the th- close to you know the three best players in the competition this year. Yep. Pritchard at seven, immense over the ball. Somehow he still hasn't played in a higher honours. It's crazy to me. That is I think he's for Zim. Do you reckon that? Yes. Was yes. In the yeah, seven. In the seven. Sort of, um, hinder it. A bit? Oh, it doesn't really matter. No, it was years ago. It. Yeah. I it it if there's any player in QPR at the moment that is it's up to Super to Rugby standard, mm. it is Connor Pritchard, mate. He's tougher than a two dollar steak and gets his ass handed to him every week, but just keeps coming back for more. Eh? Yeah. 100%. Love him to death, man. And Pat Murray. Pat Murray, I feel like he's he's been the player of the season. Do you know what I mean? Led from the front. The last couple of weeks, he's just been sensational for UQ. He's part of the reason why they've been so successful. So, captain there. Connor Anderson at six. Again, he's just been immense um, for Wes. You know, he's played six, seven, eight. He's been everywhere. You know what I mean? Just an absolute workhorse, but physically very dominant. In the halves, Mosiah Christian, uh, Taylor Adams, both from Brothers. You know, Mosiah Christian's probably got the most highlights throughout the whole year. He's yeah. not your first choice nine, though, is he, Dale? No, not my first choice nine. This guy. Controversy! <laughs> uh, Taylor Adams, a big reason why Brothers are where they are. Obviously, he's been pretty consistent, even pre-Super um, Rugby players coming back. A large part of why they've been so successful. Hine and Oates... Uh, I wings. love Sam Hine, man. He's Just a thick, he, fast honky. Mate, he but is. How, how good, like, how safe was he on the weekend? Yeah, massively. He He's so the reason cool. why, you know, Bond University's season finished. Like, single-handedly, yeah. he turned that game around yeah. for brothers. And Kai Oates, Mr. Consistent, um, he's been the team of the week almost, you know, in every week. And scores tries for fun, leads line breaks this year, leads tackle busts, leads tries. Um, sensational. James and Campbell, it's probably interchangeable there. Whether the ones at twelve, ones at thirteen. What about um, the Philo uh, Lenny? Lenny. Oh, I've gone that's for a close one. yeah, it is. But that's I've gone for consistency. Um, Paddy James is a mainstay. Mm. Yeah, Tyler Campbell sorry. is. You could play him anywhere in that back line and excel. And then Jet Shoes at the back, Joey Fiddick. He's another reason why I think Bond are so electric mm. with their attack. And he's an additional ball player, you say as well. Mm. All right, that's a pretty goddamn good 15, if you ask me. It's a side that could give it a shake. Who, who do you reckon would be unlucky to miss that side? Josh Collins. I knew Josh Collins. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think, like, mate, every time I got the ball on that weekend, everyone was like, oh. The Roman he's Sandal. Been, he's, he's been uh, injured a bit throughout the year, but, mate, for his size, mm. he just he goes as hard as he can, which I really like. What about you, Dossie? Um... No, Anyone like, you'd like <coughs> to see in there? I like the Sunnybank centre. Um, and I also like Billy Drew, the East 15. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's silky, he awesome man. Too. He's silky. Good ball player. Um, unreal kicker of the footy. He's just got time on the ball. 
um, which I like to see. I think as well, one of the prerequisites as well is that they're not taking any Colts players. So no, yeah, no one under 19 is is being available for selection. I like that too. Mm. Can we just bring that graphic up again real quick, please, uh, Zach? Uh, I just want to make note as well. Tyler Campbell looking pretty buff on the left there, but I was just saying that's seamless. He's he's not packing much heat down below, (laughs) though, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. That almost looks like um, it's them. It looks pretty bang on for him, but well, I hope not for Tyler Campbell's sake, (laughs) bloody hell, for his missus' sake. He's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know that, friends? Um, But yeah, no, I reckon that's a bloody good initiative to be able to get, um, (laughs) to be able to get, um, yeah, that experience from younger blokes, ease that transition through, and the fact that they're back touring is only going to be a bloody good thing, man, through Japan as well. And it'll be a massive two-game series. Like, you've got a Premier 15 there, but you've got a lot of guys who have played a lot of Premier Rugby in for the Reds, right? A lot of them wouldn't have played a lot of Super Rugby. So there's going to be a little bit of inexperience. So it's going to be pretty close and a good opportunity for these guys. Find some absolute gems, I reckon, too. Absolutely. Some some of these guys are just like, oh, you know, whoever makes it, some will excel and you'll just be like, oh, this is awesome. Mm. It's going to be so bloody good. Now, it's actually pretty fortunate we've got you here, Will, because I want to get your thoughts on this as well, in particular, obviously, with your history in the NRL. Rugby Australia came out last week uh, highlighting that they've got, I think, a hit list of 10 players that they really want to run some serious angles at to try to get back over or back to Rugby Union, highlighted by Joseph Suwali'i, the 19-year-old from the Sydney Roosters. They came out and said that they would like to look at giving him 10 mil over f- five years. Where did they find that 10 mil? <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It's there. Do, do you think, A, is there value in that sum for Joseph right. Suwali'i? And B, is it worth running any angles at NRL players? Oh, I think it's worth it. It's definitely worth it because I've done it. Like, I went back and played rugby and you enjoy it. Like, he's obviously played it at a schoolboy age. And there'd be some part of him that would have aspirations on going back and playing for the Wallabies and playing Super Rugby. There's no doubt about that. But that sort of money, if they've got that money, he's not. There's no, there's no fighting. He'd sign instantly. Like, but there's that's that's ridiculous. That sort of coin. That's higher paid than any player in the NRL. By a long way. By a by a long long way. And not only that as well. It's more like the. He'd be he'd be the highest paid player in world rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's just ridiculous to think that you're going to do that to a kid. That yeah, he's got a lot of potential. Hasn't even been proven in the NRL. Yeah, no. But like, you look back over the years, and like, someone I always think of is Cooper Cronk. Cooper Mm. Cronk played Australian schoolboys. Was probably one of the most consistent and most professional rugby league players I've ever played with. Yet he never gets brought up in conversations. Oh, we're going to go get him. But just getting that, it's just a media bait. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. like yeah. It, it honestly is. Like they're saying Suwali because of all the all the raps and all the hype about him. But like that's just crazy. That's ridiculous, and it's yeah. very disrespectful to the the players that are already there pulling on the green and gold jerseys. Oh, you know what I mean? And that's that's a big thing. Like you'd lose. There'd be players that began. They're not right. Oh, sweet. You pay him that. We're off. Then yeah. all of a sudden you got one player that's on two million and 10 guys walk out the door, then you're in all sorts of trouble. You're going, well, now how do I get these next 10 blokes back? Like, yep. you lose quality 100%. players to go and chase. Like, I just think my big thing, and I've been a big believer in this all along, is uh, grassroots footy. Like, bring yes. it back that yes. way and yeah. bring that through. Like, bring well, that's 10 million uh, bucks that could exactly. go to it. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. You, you know, you get your next 10 best kids coming out of school, yes. and you go, yes. go and grab these. Just grab these kids and go... 
Fucking here we go. Oh, sorry, lads. I didn't mean to swear, but like, just no, go no, there. You watch go. Your fucking language. No, <laughs> no, that's what I mean. like, instead of instead of chasing someone now that's you've got to pay overs to bring back, just go and grab the next ten. Get the next twenty best kids out of school and go. There's five hundred grand each. There's twenty kids then that yeah. the NRL can't go and match. And if they do, they can get eight hundred grand. Someone in the NRL is getting shortchanged. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's that's the best way to do it. Instead yeah. of going and going and trying to poach guys and bring them back, keep the guys that you've already got. Because you've got a, you've got GPS footy in Brisbane, you've got GPS footy in Sydney, and it's the grass. Like that's the grassroots. That's the potential. That's all of Australian rugby coming through. Yep. And then just do it that way. I just think that it's madness. And like I just think to offer that sort of money, if they've really got that money up for him, there's no fight. Like he, He'll walk, and 110% he'll walk, because he'd be higher paid than his captain right now, James Tedesco, who's yeah. also playing for Australia. Like and he'd just be laughing at him. Arguably like, the best player in the comp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There but you go. So especially like, with like the system that's somewhat broken at the moment, they're trying to rebuild it and stuff. Doing that, it just... It's kicking the nuts. It's really. not exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so right. right. To the boy, as I said, you to the boys like, that are already there, it's so disrespectful. Like, yeah. And that's why I think... like. Well, not even that, the women's rugby as well. Like, so I can't. Yeah, they yeah, don't I can't even get paid. I can't pay them, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't pay them. Get $10 million for a 19 year old boy that, oh, don't get me wrong, he is a superstar. Yeah. He's an out and out superstar. And whether he plays in the NRL or he plays for Australia in the or plays a super rugby, he's going to be a superstar. But I just think to pay that sort of money is ridiculous. And yeah. personally, I'd be going and going and grabbing all the young kids, mate. You get their yeah, next best 20, 30 young kids. Yeah. With that $2 million, that'll go a long way to them. You mm. invest this $10 million into grassroots now, we secure the next 20 Joseph Suwali'is for the exactly. next 10 years. There's no, yeah. there's no Kalen Ponga we, like slipping through the yeah, net. Like, we, do you know what I mean? He's locked up. We miss Joseph Suwali'i. Tough shit. That's like, as you sow, so shall you reap. We, yeah. we piss-farted around for 15 years. We blew our war chest after the 03 World Cup because yeah. we were so top-heavy with shit like this. Yeah. If we now invest in rugby, the next 10, 15 years will probably be a reversal of what we've actually had the last 10, 15 years. I also years. think that you look at the All Blacks, for example, all right? Everyone in New Zealand wants to play for the All Blacks because they're successful. And the Warriors, they've gotten all the short change and whatever else. You flip that over in Australia, everyone wants to play NRL because it's in the limelight and whatever. But I remember when I was here in 2010 at the Reds, mate, we, were getting, we had the biggest crowd at Suncor mm-hmm. like, because everyone wanted to come and watch the Reds because they were playing... Uh, great style of footy, and we're winning. And that's that's the big thing. If you win, mate, everyone wants to play your game. It's like the AFL at the moment. Like the Brisbane Lions, they're getting massive crowds. Only a couple of years ago, they couldn't give tickets away for people to come to their yeah. games. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that's what they've just got to... They've got to think of how do we put long bums on seats? Well. Yeah, long term, bums on seats, and then young kids want to young kids want to play the game. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's the most important thing for them. And bear in mind, we... The Wallabies sold out... Allianz on Saturday. That's like, right. They are. It's not that. Like there, two, three years ago, I remember I went to the Wallabies versus Island game, and it was a nearly sellout at SunCorp, and this is when we were in the worst shape we've ever been in, and yeah. all this shit. Like, Correct. people want to watch the rugby in Australia. We just have to give them something to watch, yeah. and I don't think Joseph Suwali is going to do that. I think the Fraser McWrights and the Billy Pollards and the whoever the hell's like these young kids coming through because, like. When we got Wendell Saylor over, he brought eyes. When we got Matt Rogers and Lottie Takiri, they brought eyes over. No rugby league player is going to convert to rugby on Joseph Suwali'i. No. They're not. They probably wouldn't even do it for Caelan Ponga. What we need to do is support ourselves, and that means investing grassroots. And we've got to remember as well, 
the money that we are getting from the British and Irish Lions in the World Cup, we don't have that yet. Yeah. Like, we don't have 10 million yet. Counting your eggs, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally... I've had this conversation, this exact same conversation with Zach for about an hour before the show, and you've just validated. I feel so seen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Will. I feel really good. All tingly. I've got an enormous erection. <laughs> well, let me rephrase. I've got an erection. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not a grower. <laughs> Sorry. But, Will, I mean, uh, uh, like, because that's you, – you've had a pretty storied career, and as you said, you – you so you left school and went straight to the NRL, yep. into the Melbourne Storm setup. What was it that, firstly, tempted you to go to the NRL, and then in two thousand nine was it or ten to, to come back to yeah. rugby? I so when I was at school, I'd play league and union, and then the school didn't want me to play league, but then I'd signed to Melbourne. And so, yeah, Gladwell champion. What a legend. <laughs> Filling up water bottles at the Western Falls. Uh, no, no, I, um, yeah, so then I, I'd sign down there, and it's probably, like, looking back, it's probably the best thing I'd, uh, I'd ever done. I'll tell you a story about that later. <laughs> he basically told me I'd never make it. So when I signed to the Storm, my first 15 coach told me I'd never make it. I remember 2010, we're walking out of the corridor. And he was there filling up the water bottle. I said, geez, you've made it far. I was, I was going out because I was going out at the force. He was at the force at the time. I was in the Reds. I was walking out and he was filling the water boys. I fucking goose, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I That's just a good story. Like so then I, um, and then, yeah, so I sort of went to Melbourne and it was just, I learned to become a professional real fast. And that sort of set me up then for the rest of my footy career. Do you know what I mean? In 2008, I blew my ACL, uh, missed that half that season. 2009, come back. Uh, won a comp and then so I went to the Reds then and yeah I was, I was pretty fortunate also like with all due respect I signed to the Reds with Phil Mooney as a head coach and he got resold and I was like oh no then you and McKenzie come in and he'd be one of the smartest coaches I'd ever played under just the way that he looked at rugby and whatever else and yeah just enjoyed it under him and he like I was pretty fortunate I also had Quaid and Willie G as the halves Diggers was one winger and then I had James Horwell as a like the captain in the forward pack and so we had like a real stable forward pack and then we had these erratic like halves <laughs> that just didn't care eh? and we just played footy throw the ball around so good to watch yeah, yeah it was it was an, and it was also so good to train it was a great organization at the time and like it's yeah it was just good fun and then i sort of went after i went over to ireland played over there for six months and then went back to league because i missed it and wanted to play origin and then was lucky enough to achieve me golds and then sort of traveled around went to japan Come back to the Sharks and then end up in LA. So, yeah. what was what was your like your hot? What's your favourite season? Like, where you just go, mate? That was that uh, was awesome. I'd say 2017 was me. That was the most successful uh, rugby season in my life. Like, I'd, I was fortunate enough to win an Origin series, uh, win a grand final, win a World Cup. So that would probably be the one that like stands out. And I remember going to the grand final that we were playing the Cowboys and we were just humming, eh? I said to my old man, I said, have us, we're going to win it. And he was like laughing. He said, well, I said, mate, just take us. We're going, like, mate, we're morals. Like, we're just cruising, eh? Like, and that looking back at that year, that was just, everything just fell into place. Like, and it was just unbelievable. It was probably the best year of my life and I just enjoyed my footy. And, but then I look back also, like winning the first grand final in 09, I blew me, so I was, went to the Reds in seven, uh, st Storm in seven, they went to a grand final. Halfway through eight, I blow me ACL, I think, fuck, I'm gone here. 
they go to another grand final. I'm going, there's no chance because they were in the grand final in six. I said, they can't go to four in a row. Yeah. And then sure enough, I got in there. and yeah, that, So nine, nine and 12 were good, but 17 was just... Yeah, Special. Yeah, everything fell into place and yeah, it was good. If you go back, Willie, you win a premiership in 2009 and I'm not too sure when you signed with the Reds, but I guess what was your reasoning jumping code were you always wanting <laughs> to come enough, back that, that's the exact reason that coach said to me when i was at school oh right yeah because he said i'd never make it and i sort of it's a tough year that one mate <laughs> <laughs> we lost every game <laughs> <laughs> i always say hey no mate perfect season uh, like, no no we lost them all, <laughs> lost them all but i um no, i look back i look back at that aiden i think like i sort of i was always driven by people telling me i couldn't do mm. things and like, yeah, was it the Don't best? run across Ross Oval. No, nah, straight across <laughs> it. No, but, but, I, um, but I, like, I'd look back and go, um, it was just a, a part of my life where I'd always like, try and find motivation. Didn't have any self-motivation. And then as I got older, like, I wanted to achieve my own goals yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, I was mid-2000, so start of 2009, I told the storm that I was going to be there for the following year because I just, I didn't want it to drag on. I was off contract and I just couldn't be bothered going through a year going, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'll just tell, I told Bellyache and he was sweet. He said, mate, so long as you're committed to this year, we'll just go from there. And he right. said, mate, you just stick at it and played every game and it was all good. Eh? What, so, What's he like? Like, he's oh, just he one of those guys that super he just, intense. he's got, he's got the algorithm no, he's, sorted. What's he, what's he like? Is it? Oh, to me, it's very different. Like I went there as a 17 year old kid that was loose on the piss and <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like I was, and he just like, he got all that out of me and like, fix me up basically and man I remember I was I was telling someone uh, I might have been one of the boys in LA like I copped the spray one day in a meeting I was, I was fuming I was in the right and it was uh like I was not in the right I made the wrong decision or whatever and I was fuming because like a couple of other boys didn't get in trouble and I walked out and I was like seething I was like fuck this I'm out like I'm done <laughs> and then he walks up to me he goes oh how's Bianca and the kids that's my wife and kids I looked at him I said you fair dinkum <laughs> and he goes, he goes, come in the office. He said, mate, see that there? That's work. He said, now I care about you as a person. And that there yeah. just rings true of the person he is. Like, we're in a meeting room. He'd just tee off on you and go berserk. And you'd be going, fuck. And then you'd walk out and he'd be like, me, you want to go for a coffee? Like, mate, you, yeah? like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, so I just had, like, like, and I've had such a great relationship with him and I still keep, like, well in contact with him. And there's a lot of boys I do and. Yeah, like I sort of like that that uh, era that I was down in Melbourne was just phenomenal, and I was so like I'm forever grateful for the opportunity I got down there with yeah. so many professionals, and like you got like Bill and that as well, Cam, but like, they're all just these ultimate professionals, but they had their own unique way of mm. uh, preparing and playing footy. Such a good like, there's a lot of good like man managers like that, like your Wayne Bennett, your, yeah, your Bellamy's and stuff. It's well, just, Bellamy it's, it's, was under yeah, Wayne ben, Bennett, yeah, he just was, so yeah. good to yeah, it's good, but cool to hear that sort of. Stuff. You've gone cross code. You've arguably had, in my opinion, three of the best coaches to do it mm. in you and Mackenzie, yeah. Eddie Jones, and Craig Bellamy. Like yeah. you've been coached by all of them. What sets them apart? Obviously, you touched on Craig a little bit there, but what about the other two? Like they're so, all three very different coaches. Yeah. So Ewan was real tactically very clever and. Uh, just, mate, you go in your games, you go, mate, we're going to trick these guys all game. You know I mean, I was just like, mate, he had all these brilliant ideas. And I'd never looked at a game the way that he did. Um, Eddie Jones and Belek are very similar. Like, they're, the way, how intense they are and that around footy and stuff. Like, Belek would just stand at the end with his glass on. Eddie would be at the back screaming and yelling. And that, like, that was 
They're, them two are similar. Another good coach I had was Mal Meninga. Mal Meninga was a very, very good man manager. Mm-hmm. But he was, he had another different outlook again because he only had us for three origins. His things were made, i just got to get used to play for 80 minutes. That's all I've got to do is get used up for 80 minutes. So he was really good as well. And I had him in the World Cup in 17 and he was phenomenal just the way that he got the boys to buy in and just believe in that we were good enough. And uh, yeah, I think that, Bellyache and Eddie Jones, for most coaches, would have only a a short lifespan because of how intense they are. But they must have a they must have it balanced well for their life away from footy. Because, oh yeah, I I wouldn't. And that's half the reason why I don't ever want to go into coaching was because of how intense they are about their coaching Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I enjoy. I don't mind having an intense coach because at least I know where I stand. Mm. and as long as they're direct and honest with you, well, then you know what you've got to fix up. If you don't fix it up, you're not on the side, and it's pretty simple, do you know what I mean? And that's how Balak, he always said, uh, I'll always pick a defensive player over an attacking player because we've got enough attack in this room. Like, and We had, like, GI, Bill, Coops, Cam. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, I, I, can, yeah. I can agree <laughs> yeah. with that. You know, like, yeah. no, as long as I, I make it. my tackles, I might get, a, <laughs> might get a crack here. But, yeah, no, I just, I just think that they're – all, but they all managed really well. And the one thing about – all the good coaches, they can put footy aside and worry about you as an individual. And mm. if you can do that as a coach and separate it, that's that's the most important thing, especially today's day and age, you know what I mean? Like with everything going on in the world and how much pressure's on a footy player, uh, I think that's very important, being able to separate, especially with the young kids coming through. Like that's the most important thing, you know what I mean? And like as a parent now, like you'd want someone that's their boss that's going to look after them in a lot of ways, do you know what I mean? Mm. And you're almost like the rugby equivalent of Forrest Gump wherever you go either a premiership <laughs> tends to precede or follow wherever you tend to go through the storm and the reds true, and the yeah. guiltinis and all this shit it's, and the sharks you guys went right in Ireland too didn't you Munster we, I, I left but we were into the Heineken Cup yeah. <laughs> Heineken Cup semi-final or something but I had to come back I so that was 2012 and then I was fortunate I'd come back I was as out of the sharks the bulldogs and the storm and I was coming back on nothing because I yeah, sort of mucked up a bit like when I was at the Reds and wasn't real welcome in Australian rugby and <laughs> I had a bad rap everywhere. But like I sort of, yeah, from there I um, got pretty fortunate and Balak and they give me one last chance and ended up winning the comp there in 12. So it's pretty it's cool. It's crazy, yeah. And you've had a pretty roundabout way through your rugby career as well. But a lot of people wouldn't know that your centre partner in 05 at Nudgee was none other than Namani Nadolo, who also has had... A pretty crazy, I guess, uh, career in so much as, you know, had the under-20s, Aussie under-20s, and then down in the Tars, and then found himself he was, he in Japan. Was at the Bron- he was at the Broncos there for a bit, wasn't he? In the, I think the he did a pre-season, yeah, pre-season training, the, Broncos, and, uh, yeah. the train and trial deal and all this stuff, and then found himself in Japan, and then... No, Almost out of nowhere in his mid-twenties, he's killing it. And, well, no, not even mid-twenties, maybe late-twenties, he's killing it for the Crusaders. Um, <laughs> he's killing it for the Crusaders. Um, out of nowhere. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it must be pretty exciting to see, you know, an old mate like that. Just, I mean, he's arguably, he'd, uh, on his days. Arguably the best rugby player in the world. Yeah, he's big fella, right? Eh? He was massive. He was, <laughs> he was like massive at school, but he like was a, huge. I remember when he first came there, he said, My winger that kicks skulls. I was like, No, you're not your front roller, mate. You're packing the scum. <laughs> but no, he was, he was skillful and that. Yeah, like it's so good to see him coming back. And it's great to see him go back to the Waratahs yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, he's, like you said, he's had a roundabout career. He's been everywhere and he's over in Europe and England. And it's just good to see him come home and 
hopefully close out his uh, career there at the Waratahs and hope they can go do something special next year. And what are your thoughts on the MLR? I think on the PAC podcast last week we had Harry Higgins who talk about weird careers, man. He's absolutely <laughs> mental. Uh, it was more about chop and piss than anything else. But um, he, he talks about MLR being the sleeping giant. You've got these professional players coming in. You've got the college system with all these South Africans and Kiwis at BYU and Maryland and Navy and all this stuff. Like, it's a strong competition and they've got the World Cup within the next decade as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's their end goal is that two, uh, ten, year, 10 years time that World Cup. But I was just watching there before with that uh, Gordon side. You look at like Harrison Goddard. Like yeah. He, he's, like I was speaking to Dale before, he's killed it for the last month or so in that shoot shield. And, mate, he was, what, two years ago, three years ago, couldn't get a crack anywhere. Goes over there, starts playing some good, consistent footy in a professional organisation. And then he's now going, going back to the Waratahs. He's come back and he'll get another crack. Do you know what I mean? I think that... You'll see a lot of young kids that can't crack it in Super Rugby or uh, on that fringe will go over there, get into a professional organisation. Can't say that word, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, um, I think if you get him over there, like get young kids over there, it'll be unreal for them. Because once you get into that, like the professionalism of it all, then you start creating habits and whatever, and then you become, like, you can go to that next level, do you know what I mean? It's so important. And look, in Japan, it took them 10 years to get it going over there, right? Yeah. And 10 years' time from now, there's a World Cup. You'd like to think that it's humming over there. I reckon next year after the World Cup, you'll see some big names go because they'll have to up the salary cap and everything else mm. over there, and then they'll start to try and pump it up and chase that big one for the World Cup. Was that a good season at Giltini's? Oh, yeah, until the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we'll, we'll just come in, well, we'll come in good, eh? Like, we'd sort of... We'd have a few players out and stuff, but we're just starting to hum and we're starting to go in the right direction. And yeah, this is a shit fight at the end, but yeah, it is what it is. And hopefully, go back next year and just go and finish it all off. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look, New York won it and we pumped them by 50. But, so, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we'll just see how we go. We'll wait and see. And a bit of a dead rubber, that one. But uh, <laughs> let's go from there. Let's oh, talk yeah. about you personally and the people that you've played with so let's talk about it from a, a playing perspective i think you touched on cooper before but playing cross two codes who's the best you've done it with uh, that's, a, that's a tough one mate like I, <laughs> i'd like to think one of the most i'd go say coops coops bill and mac you know would be the three most professional people i've ever played with gits Gitz has got so much rugby league about him, it's not funny in the sense that the way that he prepared. But that's I can only go off what I've seen, and that's the big thing. Like What I've seen from the way that he's prepared and the way that he's gone about his footy is just phenomenal. Like And that's the same as the way that Bill did, the way that Coops did. They were just they never missed a rep, never did anything wrong. Like just Everything was perfect, and it's probably why they've, their career stretched out so long. Yeah. Then I've got, like, you got like Cam that was... He's just a natural leader, do you know what I mean? And he just never got flustered. Like, he, was, he wasn't the fittest, he wasn't the fastest, wasn't the strongest, but he just fucking do his job. Is that Cam Munster? No, Cam Smith. Oh, Cam, Cam Smith, yeah, just done his job. And then, like, you got, like, Munster, Quaidy, all them. Like, they're just... There's so many freaks that I've played with. And to yeah. narrow it down to one would be unfair on so many others because um, I think that, like, you, uh, Genya, Willie G was good, Quaidy. Like, you've got all these as well that were just phenomenal, do you know what I mean? And that's... Uh, for me to narrow it down to one on the best footy player, I'd say, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'd say I've got a real, like, Coops would be the one because I played so much, like, alongside him at every level. 
I reckon he would be like a favourite like Jonathan Thurston. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's as fucking as good as anyone. He's as good as anyone. Do you know what I mean? So that, that for me, it's very hard. But I told you, you're like you've been the pretty equivalent. <laughs> you know, you've Gump. been pretty lucky. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been pretty lucky. Like, he just nailed like yeah. ten. Yeah, fucking Paul of Fame. Immortal. Oh yeah, play with that guy. And then you like you throw Inglis in. Yeah, see, I'd say like, I'd say, Greggy is a. Most naturally gifted Talented. athlete. Yeah. Most naturally gifted but athlete. But he was superhuman. He's what six foot five, oh, fast mate, as the wind. He would have been. Kilo. He would have been worth ten million. Mate. He was. Pheno- he was. He was, fo- he was phenomenal. Like and like we'd always used to make this joke. How strong is Greggy? Just like just strong enough. Like how fast is he? Just fast enough to beat you. Because he'd never. He'd never. I don't reckon he ever reached his full potential. Like never looked like he was trying. Never looked like he was trying. Yeah. yeah like, Gas yeah, and everyone. The gym coach at Melbourne's got some crackers about like testing days and stuff like that. Like he'd go pick up forty kilos, practice his squats, and then away he'd go, mate. He'd go out and squat two twenty with like ease. Like he's just yeah, he was phenomenal as an athlete. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. Like to narrow it down to one player that mm. I've played with, it's so hard. You know, yeah, you mentioned some big good. names like, and I've only obviously only yeah. have exposure to rugby, and I put Willie Genya in this. You know, he's in a different sort of level, but. He was one throughout his career, obviously made tons of sacrifices to get to where he was, you know, yeah. like with rugby, especially uh, rugby union, we travel the world, you know, we have right. great nights on the piss, we have fun all over the place, but Willie was always one, you know, he wouldn't enjoy those things as much. He'd, yeah. he'd pick yeah. his times one or two times a year. Were Cooper, Cam Smith, and were they were they the same or were nah, they more sort of involved likes, in the team? That's what I mean, like Cam, we'd win games, mate. Cam would be still in his gear that like, Mid morning on the piss, like yeah. but then, <laughs> that's but so d- good. That's yeah, mean, but like, like then he's a kid like, from Logan, mate. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then like, like Bill would enjoy a beer, but like he wouldn't get blind, and then Coops might get on the piss here and there. Like it was just they were all different. It was just a different dimension. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I remember, like after after an Origin, that all three of them would be on the piss with you, and you'd be going, "Fuck, we got to play in two days." Like and you'd be looking around, going, "Are these three? They just all back up. There was no issue." And I remember one day I asked them why they backed up when I was younger. So why do you always back up? And I like, well, if it wasn't for the boys that were in this room now that we're playing with at Melbourne, wouldn't be playing we wouldn't be playing Origin. So like and that there, damn. and that's that always rings clear. So you selfless, watch, hey? You watch yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne always, all their Origin players always back up. Very rarely do you get rested. So in that. good. And I always ask that same question that you ask them. I'm like, why the hell are they backing nah, up? But it's because like yeah, without like, and then you, I remember like <laughs> we played this one game. <laughs> And it was at the Amy Park. I was sitting there going, fuck, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> Head and then noise. they're over there, over there, like, comparing normally. I'm going, wow. Then we get out, we go smoke a team. And you're just like, yeah, now I know why I'm doing it. But, like, yeah. because, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, teammates rely on you at Clubland as much as they do at international, uh, at State of Origin. Yeah, Got to yeah. be mentally tough what, to get what, up for, though. What was the most sort of intense, um, physically, sort of games and stuff you played would have been your origins? Nah, the World Cup final was just when... We went back to that one referee. Was so that against England? Was England, it? we yeah. won eight four. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're just big, tough oh, British mate, blokes. Yeah, like. but it was just like it was end to end footy, and there was only one ref, so like the ruck speed was just ridiculous. And I remember sitting there, like I was gassed at the end. I just won a World Cup, I was laid on the ground. I was like, nah, who cares? Man? I was so gassed. Eh? Like it was, that was probably the, that was the hardest one I reckon. Eh? Like I was like, far. But then yeah, I reckon I don't know a few of the origins, like some of the. Origins later on when the game just went, like it just went through so the roof quick, fast. Hey. Yeah, like I just remember there was one, I think it was 
we went the first 26 minutes of an origin without an error or a ball out of play. Like, and that was just like end to end footy. And it was just, you end up stuck between the 30s because yeah, you're yeah. sort of just there. And so, like, the forwards, they're just turning around, <laughs> chase a kick, they just turn around. Like, they don't even know carry. Like, you back five yeah. out of the carries and away from there. But I don't know. Like, you play some big, tough games here and there, but like, yeah. it's the speed of the game that's the hard bit. Yeah, the origin this year was insane, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there. It was unbelievable. Best origin ever. Oh, <laughs> that last yeah, one, mate, that was phenomenal. That was Benny, Hunt, awesome, Benny, Benny Hunt got that ball. Jesus. <laughs> I was in New Mexico at the time. A few tequila short. <laughs> Just touching on, touching on that, you've had your fair few celebrations, right? You've celebrated yeah. a few things. Who's the best to do it on the piss? Uh, you've had a few. Probably Kevy Proctor. He's... Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, he's a genuine madman, mate. <laughs> not, not many will beat him, eh? Like I've had, I've been with AFL boys, Union and League, and yeah, not many do his shoelaces up. <laughs> he's, he's phenomenal, mate. Is he? Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, well, that's uh, shout was, out to Kevin Proctor. Yeah, yeah, I was actually about to say we got some um, we got some questions sent in um, on our socials earlier today. The first one came from Mark Gagan. Don't know on what, but says here the loosest human on a Mad Monday. So. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, Kevin. Kevin like, Proctor. <laughs> I've seen like we were in a trip away to uh, the tight. I don't know which ones they were. They were the the older boys like Bryce Gibbs and that. I've seen some shit they did on a map. Like we were on a trip away, and what they were doing, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, this is not rugby league. This is a whole different world. But yeah, no, nah, I reckon. No, I've been like you see a lot of different stuff, man. Look, people are loose on the piss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, I reckon he's Kevin be the best. He's just good gas. Yeah. Um, so Penny underscore Banuve wants to ask best player he played during his school days at Nudgee. Played against? Yeah, I assume so. With. No, oh, it says here played best with player with he Anakin. played. Bill he Costello. But then now I reckon David po- David Co- Pocock. I remember we played Churchy. Oh, that game, man, at Ross Oval. Uh, mate, we played Churchy, and if we won, we would have tied the comp. They played Dad, Dave, seven, seven, yeah, no, played inside centre. So mm-hmm. we had these plays. He played 12 for first 15 and then made Australian schoolboys at seven. Yeah, yeah. But he played, like, what is this shit? But I remember like, we had these plays and like, all year they were working well. Anyway, we played there. Mate, every time I got the ball, he's over the top of it. Like, mate, no one can move him. He's a beast, you know. He's like a little tank over the yeah. ball. But then, yeah, I just reckon, yeah, he was, I've always had so much respect for him. Mm. Like, I just, I loved everything about the way that he went about footy. And, yeah, I really respect him as a footballer. Yeah, I feel you, Chambers. Zach said he's got footage of him bumping me. From <laughs> I think they beat us 78 nil. Well, maybe that was you guys. I don't know. Um, it was all the blur. blur. <laughs> um, Craig Mulholland wants to ask, one player you despise, but once you became teammates, you became good mates. Ooh, that's a good um, question. So essentially, Doss or Dow? Nah, I don't even really know. Like, I haven't Who's like, a grub? Grub. Who did you think was a bit of a grub, but then you're like, oh, he's actually. No, well, no, Sam Burgess, for example. Like, (laughs) I've had some mad run ins with him, but apparently he's a real good fella. But, like, I've never had much to do with him. But, Mm, yeah, like, I I respected him as a footballer. Paul Gallon's the same. I respected him, but, like, mate, I had some mad run ins with him. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? The sledging was off its head, but, like, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, but I I respect him as the way how tough they are and the way they went about their business. And at the end of the day, like, I always say, like, mate, people think I'm an absolute cocksucker, but I just, <laughs> but like, I just, I just, I, all I did was have white line fever. Like, I wanted to win, and 
when I was younger, like I remember Belag said to me, you've got to make it personal. So I used to run on the field, like stand opposite the guy and just mouth him straight away because... Learn that, that in the dorms, mate. <laughs> because then, instantly, instantly then it was personal. And then he hated me, I hated him, and we're just going to go at it. But yeah, I got carried away at times. I said shit that I shouldn't have said. But at the end of the day, I still shake That's your hand on, and you just yeah, go from it. there. That's do you know what I mean? And that was... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't have too many that come to Melbourne. That like, I reckon the whole of Cronulla didn't like me at one stage. I ended up playing for them, but like, <laughs> I got my other police escort in and out of Shark Park. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you played there, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry, but yeah. So, is, what, there, is there a sledging battle with an opponent that stands out? Oh yeah, man. I've got some. I've said some real bad, like nasty, nasty stuff. Like, <laughs> I would never, like, I would never ever. I repeated it on the piss, but like, <laughs> I don't. I don't like talking there because I, I look back at it and just think, "Fuck, what was I thinking when I said that?" Like, yeah. But it's just because I just go blank. But in there. terms of someone coming back at you, yeah, uh, get you. Like, then, oh, jeez. <laughs> nah, because no I remember Willie Mason said once. Like, he said, "If someone gets back at you, just cut them to the bone. Like, just go straight to the bone. Go yeah. the most, most ruthless thing you can say to someone, and just leave it at that. Like, that's all I thought when I did it. I just thought, oh well, I'll just go straight to the bone." <laughs> Straight to the boat. So good. Well, Will, we actually, I just got word from Zachy Boy. He actually said we've got highlights from that 05 Nudgy vs. Churchy game uh, showing up on the screen here. Check this out. I had a little white headgear on, don't I? Yeah, you would have. The Canterbury white Look at Rat running second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at him go. <laughs> the at the Is back Gussie then? Cameron yeah. in this was, team as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gussie was there. Wait, I remember, how did you pull this? There's the Marnie. There's Nems. Looks like Sully. <laughs> Look at this. Who else they have? Video quality's not too bad, they actually. They Quay, didn't they? Yeah. Quay, Quay Cooper at uh, 10. Will Thompson at 9. Yeah. Oh, Will Thompson Fraser Evans at fullback. James Cheryl Lambus at hooker. Fraser Evans, there Fraser he is. Evans. Oh, mate. Who's that? He's quick. Is that Gus? No, Blair Connor. Oh, it is. Hey, he was, you would never run past He was him, rapid, right? mate. How about this? How, how's the memories, mate? Where did you get this from, Zachy? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Johnny Sayre, probably. From his porn stash, I think. Look at this. How about it? Wow, that's phenomenal. It's Starny. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's Quaid. Yeah. He had that Jerry curl. Oh, that oh. That's, that, that's a red card. There he is. Mate, this, was early in, this was early in the game. It's still nil all. And Nemzi's just bombed this from the sideline. From 40 out. Yeah. yeah. Mate, he was... Cleared it by so a good, good 15 metres. Will Thompson, one player who... He was amazing. Should have played higher football, mate. Harry Elliott, he was good as well. Yeah, he was tough as an old boot, mate. Rat? Is that rat? I no, don't know. it's not rat. It's definitely not rat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's rat. That's rat. You would have had square wheels. That was not that fast. Let's look at Pocock. Look at the size of Pocock. <laughs> oh, CJ. Gee, look at him just move the whole ruck. He's <laughs> <laughs> like packed a scrum on us. <laughs> look at the size of him there, eh? <laughs> yeah. Look at the size of him, man. We're in 12. Mate, I played water polo against him in grade 12, and, mate. He was just an absolute weapon. Ooh. Rat. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Admit one. Admit one. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh yawning. Same move. Names. That's Blair. Blair. Get him, Blair. Yeah. That's Nick Wright. Oh. oh, yeah, it is too. Is it? <laughs> yeah. There he is. You had the mohawk. 
No, nah, I had a mohawk. Yeah, the blackhead gear. No, no, he had a mohawk. He had the mohawk. Look at this. Something changed. How good is this nah. shit? <laughs> Surely they don't go to length. Yeah. They... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mate, this churchy ah. side was so sick. Red hot, man. So sick. But they didn't play crazy football. They were just... Who's that? Chasing. Don't know. Is a self-plug? Oh, Angus, Lay, nah, Angus Lay was... Oh, um, was that Angus Lay? No, he's a seven. He was he a seven. He was seven. Yeah, yeah. In grade 10. What a scrum. Oh, against oh. the feed. Jeepers. Oh, Bongo. That's who's on there. Oh, that's right, Bongo. <laughs> Bongo. Jeez. <laughs> big Gavin oh, Warren. Is that Big Gavin Warren? Yeah. No, he played... No, Shame no, Delahunny? Yeah. That's it. They won. How was about it? 40 to 3, wasn't it? Oh, was it a bloodbath? Yeah, absolute hiding. <laughs> oh, well. Yep. Jesus Christ. The old days, eh? <laughs> mate, that churchy side was ridiculous. How good were the big cotton jerseys? Oh, <laughs> mate. Oh, mate. Ridiculous, eh? Absolutely. I still wear my first 15 jersey to bed now, and it fits better now than it did when I was in grade 12. And I was 30 kilos lighter. Oh. They just didn't give a shit, eh? Oh, mate. How good was that? Um, one last question coming in from Shay Lala Chambers before we go forward. Who gets weirder on the piss, league or union, lads? Oh, I reckon league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> union are pretty – yeah, it's pretty tame. Like, it's – I don't know. Like, I'd, yeah, fine. What about in Europe, mate, the the English? Oh, the Pommy, uh, the Irish dudes were pretty crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, but they're like – they're just big drinkers. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. They get blind and go to bed. Like, the Japs, the Japs are fun. Oh, Japanese are fun. Like, <laughs> they go hard and fast, though. <laughs> go real red. Oh, yeah, mate, they get the hour of power, I mean. Gunpie. Yeah, the high uh, the high balls. Yeah, yeah mate. Absolutely they go blind. real red, yeah. mate. <laughs> so they're pissing shit themselves. And that's all <laughs> <laughs> Put them on the train and send them home. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so sick. Um, all righty. Well, now we, we might plug ahead. We don't have anything for the Battlers bench, friends. No, mate. Sorry. No, that's all good. I don't know. Really head noise until Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Big Friday night. No. We went full Proctor. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, let's get straight into the Hospital Cup then. We saw an absolute belter played out between the Doggies and UQ. 37 points apiece coming uh, at the end of the game. 10 minutes of extra time um, with no side being able to break the golden point, resulting in the Doggies going through. Dow, this was brutal. Unbelievable. Both teams were exceptional. Uh, like, when UQ are up 10 points? 10 points with, with seven minutes to three go. minutes to go. Three minutes to go. Gosh, you how? think it's almost unlosable, but you know what I mean? They just stuck at it, and Marty Lippiot caught it early, and West just powered back. And then we had eight minutes of scrums, and they ended up getting there. They probably should have won from a penalty, you know what I mean? Well, I mean... Penalty try, but... Yeah, I mean, there's eight penalties after the Hooter. Was I, I was actually asking Zach, because I was, was at the game and obviously didn't see or, or, or hear the referee's interpretation of why he wasn't giving a penalty try. And you could see Connor Anderson, every scrum penalty, going, what is happening, what is happening, what is happening? I was under the inter the interpretation that maybe it's because the doggies weren't going forward, hence why. Uh, but then they did, yeah. and then after that, should have been. I don't know. Correct. And that's the only one I think should have been. The other ones before that was just simple penalties, repack, goal again, yellow card, and then... But once we showed, we, once the doggies showed that they, they were dominant, any penalty after that... Correct. Maybe. And that's what it should have been. But, hey, it was a hell of a game, and... 
you know, I think you will be remembering all the missed kicks they did. Yeah. They missed six kicks. Yeah. Brad, Brad Twydale shanked that one right in front. I think I got in his head a little bit. I was just yelling out, gimp. So loud, eh? Yeah. Um, so was real, practically real. won that game. Um, the best was uh, at the end, Elvie. Just full Conor McGregor. Through the stands, <laughs> he was just loving <laughs> it. I was just like, "You funny little bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, he, he was he was stoked though. Big well, fella. Dos, I think um, that so this weekend can like that game. I I, I just feel like whatever yeah. side lost that game. They are going to find it very difficult final. to win this weekend, yeah. man. I mean, brothers, like, brothers. If, if it was the Doggies or UQ, no matter what side it is, yeah, beating brothers after a hundred plus minutes of it's football, gonna tough, it's going to be a tough ask. You need a week at least to get over that game. What are your thoughts? If, yeah, man, I, t- I totally agree. Um, you know, that, and that's why the Dogs, you know, fought so hard to get that win because now they get the week off. UQ got to dust themselves off quickly against a good brothers team. Um, they will they, will they, will they still have Wilson this week? They should have all. They, of them. they should have all of them yeah. this week. I mean, th- you know, in my in my opinion, they're the favourites going into this week. I mean, they've been really good the last month, um, and I think they'll have a bit too much firepower. Uh, but yeah, man, it's going to be mentally and physically tough for Uni to come back from that and back it up. You yeah. know, seven days out. But mate, you know, in saying that, we're just talking to Willie Chambers. Guys are backing up two days later after an Origin. So you know, it's if not really, it's it not really an excuse. If anyone can do it, Uni can. Yeah, correct. And I don't think they're going to miss as many kicks and shit like that as they did on but the weekend. You don't want gone. you don't want brothers to be complacent either. Like so, brothers have watched that game. Like subconsciously, they're thinking, "Oh well, mate, they're gone. Like they're cooked. Yeah. We've got them." And then Uni just go, "Well, we'll just freshen up all week and we'll have a crack at them." Do you know yeah. what I mean? They've They've got like everything to lose, but they've also they've been there and they know what they've got to do. Like yeah, and that's correct. A big thing. So like you don't like they could lose a game, but brothers could also lose a game in yeah. the sense that their mentality that they take into the game. That's the most important thing leading into this week. Like you've you written uni off because I've had a big game, but uh, I've seen plenty of teams jump off the canvas and go. But it's, then saying that they win this week, they've got another big one again next week. They'll play yeah. this team yeah, that you mentally got a final <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. But see that they probably they may have played their final, but they might be able to go one more round. I mean, then, it's uni, mate. They're pretty <laughs> bloody special, and it's not like Hino's going to be taking them down to St Lucia the next three nights and flogging them. Nah, yeah, like. I, I they don't to, have to change a game. I thought man. brothers' defensive effort, though, like the, the the amount of tries and big moments they they had on the weekend were were. were I haven't seen that for a while from brothers. Like that was awesome. That was uh, awesome for them. They were just they defensively were so good, and they and they and they really just shut jeeps down on those crucial moments. So it's well, let's, be a let's, of a game. Let's delve opinion. into that because brothers getting up twenty three points to eighteen. I, I personally. Friends wasn't anticipating Jeeps to take it to them the way they did. I think the weather probably obviously suited Jeeps a little bit better. Um, and I think it was the class of guys like James O'Connor and co that actually sort of shone for the brethren. But, mate, Jeeps put in a hell of a shift. Yeah, their little mind games of the team arrangements before the game. When I saw the last team come through, I'm like, we're on here. Yeah, um, with Bobby Tuttle yep, in the mix. Yep. So I thought... A um, couple of the boys had some massive... I think uh, one blow we probably had was losing Burnsy early with the head yeah. knock. He's a, he's a worker. Like, you know, we've got enough <laughs> flair. Um, so we lost a worker early on. And, the, yeah, I just thought it was, it was a cracker of a game. 
Yeah. It was a cracker of a game and it was, it was awesome to watch end to end footy. Um, yeah, there's some awesome moments in there. We saw some individual brilliance, Dow, but do you think this brother's side with so many changes in the back line in particular, but then you've got some other guys having come in, a bit of reshuffling and stuff like that, they're starting to click? Definitely. But yeah, starting to click, but you've also got a back line that have basically played a lot of footy together. They played at the Reds, you know what I mean? James and Lawson and, you know, Hamish Stewart. And it's not he, like was, he was awesome too. And it's Hamish Stewart, was, yeah. yeah. And it's not like Harry Hooper, Ryan Smith, and Harry Wilson have been so far removed from the brothers' setup that it's a whole new ball game for them. No, nah, they'll be good. It's going to be a cracking game. It'll be really interesting. Well, what are we picking, picking this weekend then? So we've got uh, we're having to travel down to Bondi, eh? Mm. Oh, Ooh, that was. Oh, I'm just so glad the doggies made it. So I didn't have to do that. Shit. <laughs> um, well, what are we picking then this weekend, friends? You've got brothers off a good, strong win against. Jeeps and you've got UQ after a hundred plus minutes of hard grafting toil down the GC. Mate, I'm, I'm going to back brothers. Back and brothers. Yeah, I'm back and brothers. I just reckon. Um, I was saying to Dale earlier today that I thought just in and in particular moments, especially those the back three, um, they made some really good decisions uh, exiting things like they've got too much. They had some really good um, moments there where I think they just might. It's going to be a cracker of a game, but I'm backing brothers. Will, who are you backing? I'll take the underdogs. <laughs> you, <kid>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll right. Take, yeah. I'll take them. I, I know that. Yeah, you've written them off, but I, I don't mind that. Yeah. Dow, brothers by seven. Ooh, it's not a bad call. Why is that? Um, was I rambling a bit there, Del? Yeah. <laughs> no, you kind of started to backtrack a little bit. He's like, the brothers well, are good maybe. people. You know, we'll oh, <laughs> it hurts to say, but I'm trying to be an unbiased rugby yeah. fan here. No, I just think set piece, we're going to match them up front. It's going to be a good battle there. I just think um, the experience. James has got something to prove. Lawson Crichton on the wing seems to you know, be absolutely electric. Hamish there, they're just doing their job. I just think brothers will be just too good. I agree. I think it's going to be brothers. Um, I just, yeah, just off the back of what Dallas, I think they've just got a bit too much class. Like, I know this uni team historically, you know, has always been the best team this year, but I think both of their games this year, um, very close, yeah. Very close. Brothers dominant for such long periods, um, you know, getting that to big leads and then uni coming back, um, especially the most recent one at Crosby Park. And I just think, you know, the inclusion of James will so. Um, a couple of the Reds guys, they don't let Uni back into the game like that. So I, I think they've just got a bit too much firepower. Who do we think's the best matchup for the Doggies in the GF then? Do you think Brothers? Brothers play closer to West than UQ do. I'd when you consider the big forward pack, the back line, like Brothers are probably a better match, you'd say. <laughs> I, I reckon I reckon West would be wanting to play Uni. Yeah, yep. yeah, hundred percent. I think they're I think they're mo- they f- they probably fear brothers the most. Not that you want to fear anyone, but they're probably the when most skeptical. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like that, that brothers are very similar. Big, strong forward pack, good set piece, too much class, very handy back row, and then a back line full of stars. Mm. Like, yeah, it's I'm like, picking brothers this weekend as well. Man, it'd be fucking so hard to get up after that loss on the weekend. Glad it happened to UQ, but... Up <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the dogs. Um, all right. About time you've started spooking that, mate. What, and the I'm glad, I'm glad you're not turning your back on them. Um, I I know, of the course, doggies, there's a bandwagon mate. sort of time of year, but <laughs> maybe just backing through the tough times. That's all I'm saying, mate. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I'll, I, I will admit it's actually the first dogs game I've gone to all year. Eh? You're such a piece. You I just work dog, hard, mate. Man. I've got a baby coming next week. Leave me alone. Extra I'm hours. Hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to put a roof over my head. Fair enough, man. Just a bit more, be more uh, optimistic instead of pessimistic. I'm <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. Have you, heard some, saying. have you heard some media training? No. Are we getting better? You're getting a lot better. Yeah. Thanks, mate. You're getting a lot better. <laughs> That's weird. I heard you know, we might have seen you at Ballymore earlier today. What was you there? Nah, no, no, media no. training? No? Okay. <laughs> Listen, mate. <laughs> I buried the hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. All right. Now let's rip through to our uh, rugby segment to round this one out. We've been going for quite some time. It gives us shit. It's been good fun. Uh, Freni, you're uh, rugby from the weekend. Just go and see a Khaleesi Springbok skipper. Yes, mate. How good was he? Unbelievable, mate. He, uh, Unbelievable. The he breakdown pressure from the box was insane. He schooled us. He, he schooled was, us he big awesome. time. He was awesome, mate. He was everywhere. And um, that's all I've got to say about that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's kind of funny that only like a few years ago, his position in that box side was a bit 50-50 yeah. leading into the World Cup final just as the skipper it, as well. And now he's... Untouchable, and it's yeah. like he gets given the skipper's armband, wins that World Cup, and now he's the like he's, he, he just grows. But with I mean responsibility. Yeah, but for me, you know, and it's not just the responsibility of the team. Like he has gone out, he's taken the responsibility of the whole nation, nation and he has embraced 100%. it. Hundred percent. Being you know their black captain, um, you know he's dove into the whole country. He's bringing people from all walks of life into it and make. What he's doing is just brilliant, and it's, you know, to me, it's just no coincidence that it's um, corresponded with his uh, his on-field performances. Yeah, because his off-field stuff. I mean, there was that one. I think there was one little um, glitch there. There was some rumors circulating around. He's got this underwear brand, and there was some rumors circulating around um, some mistrust with the misses and blah blah blah. Um, that could have derailed him. Did you guys miss you? This was the time we're right. Yeah. This was a few years ago. <laughs> this whatever is, this is a few years ago. But um, but yeah, man. No 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 surprise that his form on the field has corresponded with you know getting that captain's armband and you know what he's doing in nice cover, you know in the whole of South Africa. <laughs> nice cover. Speaking of that, yeah. Speaking of beep also got a ripping story from him for the under twenties World Cup in two thousand and ten, but it's not for the pack podcast. He can confirm he is a shower. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Dallin, yours, Cam Flavel. Four try superstar from the weekend just gone. Cam Flavel stepping into big shoes. We all know he's a class act, but obviously losing Josh Nasser, um, super rugby player, but he was fantastic. Four tries, uh, and then forced the, the turnover and charge down when Cooper Whiteside, you know, had had the opportunity to win the game. So he was everywhere. Um, and he's one I think that'll be a part of that, you know, no challenger series. He's just been immense. His set piece work is so good. Unreal. So good. And I think what that's Nothing against Josh Nasser, but he's an out-and-out hooker. Like, Josh Nasser's still learning his craft, but Camp Flavel, the uni line-out was damn near impeccable on the weekend. Was, a yeah, lot it of it's down good. to him, mate. He is just he's just an absolute gun. Dossie, yours, Damien Phillips there. Yeah, man, he's class. I like him. Yeah, he's, he's great. He was creating a lot of stuff. Yeah, I like him, I like him at 10, a bit better than at 15. 
Yeah. Um, but man, his progression over the last few years in terms of he's now bringing in these consistent performers. I think his kicking game was great. Obviously playing to their game plan. Uh, but yeah, man, he was he was he was for me the best player on the weekend. And then oh mate, how about Kane and Moody, mate? The nineteen-year-old from the Springboks, man. He's an absolute superstar, eh? Yeah, an absolute superstar, man. He was he was awesome. Who does he play club for? I've never like I haven't even seen one bit of footage of him this year. Like, who does he play his club rugby for? Don't know. Don't care. Yeah. Is that sorry? That Kane and Moody, the nineteen-year-old winger that scored that try off the bomb. Never seen him a lot. Mm. I think he's what is he from Blue Balls or Stormers or something. No, I read a little bit about him before the game, before the tour started. Didn't really think two words, two thoughts about it, and then he comes out and does that. They're just, yeah, they've got a definite big pool of um, guys like that. It's insane, <laughs> isn't it? Who was that other guy who got knocked out the other way? Oh, he got red carded. Is he still suspended or something? Uh, what's his name? Colby. Um, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, Aria something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Starts with an A. I'm pretty good. sure. He's a gun, mate. Looks exactly like him. Yeah. Same as Chesley Colby. Same style. Um, my rugby goes to, this is a bit of a weird one, Toowoomba Grammar, actually. Coached by Scotty Gale. At the start of the season, he was telling Zach, he's like, great side. We've got Chase Oates at outside centre. They've got a good South African fly half. He puts it on the toe, but he just said, tough country boys that are just in it for the win. And picked up another win, 50-plus win. Their first, no, what is it, one of only 10 times in their 100-odd years of playing rugby, they've put 50 points on a side in GPS footy. They beat Grammar last, Brisbane Grammar, and they've lost to Churchy, Nudgy, and TSS this year on the final play. Oh. Mm. When's the last time they won it? They've won it once, Zach, in 1956. Good, good facts. That's they've won seven or eight. <laughs> but haven't won since 1956. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's only won one? BBC. Before they won again two years ago, eh? Okay, that's what it was. Who cares? But but at the end of the day, mate, like Scotty Gale, shout out to him. He's doing big things. He is, hey. First real coaching job as well. Yeah. On your Scotty. Killing it, mate. He's a good kid. And apparently the Chase Oates is an absolute superstar in the making, you reckon, Zach? Cricket or rugby? Chase Oates. Yeah. He was gunman. I I I was involved in some Queensland under fifteen thing last year <clears throat> and there was some trials and he carving up and I was like, Man, who's this kid? And they were like, Yeah, he's the younger brother of Kai and um BJ. BJ Oates. But man, he was awesome. Big boot, silky skills. I was like, Yeah, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> Kinda like rat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah. laughs> All righty, well that rounds out this week's episode of the Pack Show. Will Thank you so much for joining us, brother. We wish you all the best and everything in the future, man. Round of applause, Will Thanks, Chambers, everybody. Thank you, Louis. Yes. Friends, wish I could say the same. Doss, <laughs> Dallin, thanks so much as per usual. Hateful, spiteful bastard. Hates it so much, and so he should. Zachy boy, thanks so much on the ones and twos as per usual. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe and share our content. Just help us grow the game that we love. In the meantime, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Ciao.